Hello everybody and welcome to what is the 10th episode of the Premier League Nightclub. The Woody decade, Al- Sammy. Albeit one less person. Yep, yet again, Damo is on the move. He's he's fled the country. Absolutely. Uh, in wake of our Tom Morris interview last week, which was pretty awesome, wasn't it, Sam? Yeah, unbelievable. Big thanks to Tom Morris for coming on once again. Yeah, it was a great opportunity for us, I guess, uh, just media... Media youngsters, I guess. Sort of uh, interested in the media. So it was really good to see what he had to say. And especially coming from someone that we sort of idolise in the media, being strong supporters of the AFL, up the tigs. Yep, absolutely up the tigs, <laughs> mate. Very happy man at the moment I am. But given this is a Premier League show, I think it's... Well, even even though it's a Premier League show, I think we need to mention what happened on the in the Champions League on Wednesday night. Wednesday morning, I believe it was. Yeah, sure thing, mate. Huge results. Uh, one of them that really... Sort of spiked my interest uh, stats-wise. You know, you know, I love a good stat, don't you, Sammy? You do. You're the uh, stat man. Was, <laughs> was Cristiano Ronaldo? He breaks Ica Casillas' record for the most Champions League record wins of all time, 102. That's Equals huge. Raul's record of scoring against 33 different Champions League teams. Oh, Jesus. Equals Raul's and Messi's record of scoring in 14th straight Champions League season. Wow. And that was just another day in the Champions League for Cristiano Ronaldo. He's a superstar, isn't Mate, he? Mate, he is a legend of the game. Was there any other games that caught your eye? Mate, yes. <laughs> but yes? a bit more of a disaster sort of reason. Tottenham, ah, coming yes. off their win against Southampton, their 2-1 win. Which they lost. needed to win. They had to win. Had, had to, to win, win that game. They lost 7-2 to 7-2. Bayern Munich. At home, wasn't it? At home. That Disgusting dis- display. Now, it's interesting they lost 7-2 because I've come across a little bit of... I don't know if it's a bit of a gem, a bit of a rumour, but apparently, yeah. now look, apparently, I've got it in front of me right here. Tottenham Hotspur FC, Jan Vertonghen caught sleeping with Christian Eriksen's wife. Oofed. Wow. Okay. So here, <laughs> and, it, and the story develops. Yeah, keep going. Harry Kane's been involved. Big dressing room bust up. Club refusing to offer Vertonghen a new contract. Eriksen was due to join Real Madrid, but personal reasons stopped the deal. And it just keeps going. Half the players are not talking to each other. Ericsson said he's not in a good place to play football. Pochettino unable to resolve the situation. Who's likely to join Real Madrid <laughs> this summer now and take Ericsson with him and possibly Kane. Gee. And Vitongan showed up on the TV last night with a black eye. So therefore, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that's that's ridiculous. It's so, true, honestly. That is just a little bit of a, a gem for all those listeners out there. If you're wondering what the hell's going wrong with Tottenham, just to go out to all, our, all of our listeners, we, we don't condone cheating here in the nightclub. <laughs> we prefer the nightclub just to get sweaty how it is, and we don't don't really uh, don't really like uh, you know I don't do- think, dogging uh, your mates. Yeah, especially in the football football world or in life in general, really. Yeah, no, not absolutely not a goer. Yeah, so Jan Vertonghen, mate, you can go back to Belgium. And Christian, you he, can you do what you want, man. Yeah, <laughs> mate, <laughs> next time give him a black eye on the yeah. other one as well. Flog Central, but doesn't it, that is, that actually explains quite a bit? I mean, we know that Christian Eriksen wasn't starting. Yes, so maybe that's a you know maybe it's all. And we were we were actually speaking about it last week that we didn't understand why Poch wasn't starting Eriksen, and now this rumor's come out, and I don't know how legitimate it is, but look, we're just gonna. 
Well, it's funny, Sally, we'll because Ericsson it. has missed his last four penalties for Tottenham. Mm. Maybe that's because someone else is shooting at his goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Maybe some really weird things going down at Tottenham. And Woody, enough of that, however. Because yes. you just, I think it's time you're to sig- You're signalling to me. I don't think you want me to, to introduce Mate, you, what happened on the weekend. You're loving a ramble. Oh, give us, what what give happened us on the, the weekend? Results. So the weekend results. First game, Woody's Mighty Blades lost 0-1 to Liverpool. Everton lost 3-1 to Man City. you refer to yourself as Woody's Mighty Blades? Sorry to interrupt. No, I'm, they're my team. But you just referred to yourself yeah, in third, third person. person. Fair enough. All That's right. all right. Continue. Is that okay? Yeah, well, Damon's done that multiple times. Well, Damon's full and he doesn't work here anymore. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he's, he's, he's in permanent exile. Yeah, he's used up all his leave. Exactly. So, City beat Everton 3-1. Wolves down Watford. 2-0. Spurs beat Southampton 2-1, as we mentioned. Palace beat Norwich 2-0. Chelsea beat Brighton 2-0. Villa drew with Burnley 2-0. And likewise, Bournemouth drew with West Ham 2-0. And to cap off Super Sunday was Leicester downing Newcastle 5-0. And then to cap off the week was Man United drawing with Arsenal And one of the all-time boring games of the year, Mate, I thought. stale as two-week-old <laughs> bread, Sammy. Yeah, well... It was pretty grim. So... I think we should just run straight with the Manchester United game, uh, given they were the last. Uh, you reckon? Yeah. All right. We... Let's let's do let's do it. Let's do it. So, Woody, what did you take from the game? All right. First thing, first thing that really popped into my mind, tuning into tuning into the game, got up super early. was was a five a.m. game. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. I can't remember what time I got up, but Mesut Ozil wasn't even selected on the bench for the game. Now that man is being paid three hundred and seventy k a week. To not even make the squad now. That that's sounds not like even, that's not even Alexis Sanchez areas. I tell you what, that sounds like my dream job. Why? Imagine that. Imagine me Ozil. Wouldn't just, you rather be able to pay and do what you love? Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, like he's probably just like sitting on the couch earning his three hundred seventy k a week. Yeah, well, clearly you know Emery and him have some severe <laughs> serious, differences. Serious but differences. From what we saw on the weekend in that game, from both teams. Arsenal could definitely use an Ozil type in the midfield, couldn't they, Sammy? I think so. They We saw that their passing was horrendous. They, they went at 77% for the game, which is a disgusting sort of display for a team where when you have such a prolific and, and sort of uh, creative, creative, creative passer when he's on the ball and you're not playing him and you're not getting the ball through and you're mucking it up, I'm not sure what's going on there. He looks like the perfect piece to the puzzle that they just... Well, they, well, they're playing three midfielders that could essentially all play as defensive midfielders, couldn't they, Sam? Yeah, pretty much. And one of which is Grant Xhaka, who oh, during even... the week during the week was named permanent captain of Arsenal FC. I mean, apparently the man goes out and almost gets a red card every game. Exactly. How... But even worse, he has been slammed as an absolute coward by the Arsenal supporters. Because Scott, McTomin- Scott McTominay's belter of goal in the rain, which uh, sort of went top bins, uh, went went very close to top bins. Oh, here we Jacket go. Ducked, ducked his it. head, ducked it, ducked his head, and for someone that's just been crowned, you know, Arsenal captain, you can't coming be doing after that. the likes of Vieira and those sort of hard nuts, you can't be ducking your head at those that costing, Can you costing imagine the team a goal? Could you imagine being Patrick Vieira and watching Looking back. Granite Xhaka lead? Your beloved team. It just it, what it made for is a really poor spectacle. In, yeah. In all in all honesty, it, it was it was such such a boring game. I mean, there were no shots in the opening twenty seven minutes of the game, which was the longest wait for a first attempt 
in a single EPL game this season. And I think that says something alone. I just think I think the what what we were lacking as viewers was just a, a bit of quality, a bit of class. There was no class about the game. We're looking at we're talking about two of the big six clubs, teams that clubs that have so much money to buy amazing players, and they're going out on the pitch and they're getting eighty percent for United and seventy seven percent passing accuracy for Arsenal. Unacceptable. Like, imagine, like, I just, I just, it, it's unfathomable why they can't get the players. What are they doing with their money? Is Ole, Ole's lost it. He's not at the <coughs> wheel anymore. The ship's sunk or it's sinking rapidly. And you just hear all the outside noise about no one at United, no one, no fans around United are happy. Like, no one's. Yeah, completely fair. And we, Damon was definitely up in an uproar. During the game, wasn't he? he? Was he was messaging our group chat in uh, in disarray, absolutely, yeah, you know, beside himself. And and Sammy, I've got to ask a question. And it, I know it's only seven games in, so much hype coming into this season for United. But can you see Ole getting sacked? I don't think. I don't. I mean, I'm being new to the game and of watching football. I don't know how quickly things can turn on managers. For mine, he's only he's been there. He's only been at the official coach for less than probably six months, I think. Now, I don't know if they turn them over that quickly. He has a horrendous list. But that being said, I think Poch or Guardiola or Klopp could get so much more out of the list right now compared to what he is. And I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger on him straight away or give him another year. But it's definitely not looking good for Ole at the moment is what I think. But I don't think they'll pull the trigger on him just yet. One man that has been linked to United's potentially vacant uh, managerial position in the last few weeks is none other than Massimo Allegri, uh, who has won 14 championships, not championships, but major trophies in his time. And, and no doubt uh, the Italian maestro would love to be at the helm of United. But Sammy, you touched on a little bit before. A couple of players absolutely spluttering. And one that you love to talk about is the 22-year-old, maybe 27-year-old Jesse Lingard. <laughs> Jesse Lingard, he's just—he's not quite up there anymore, is he? he? Well, he never was, but he's really not developed into anything. He's such a counter-attacking player. He, re- he relies so much on his pace in his game, but he's—he's he's not calm on the ball. I just think that if United need to. United need to strip it back and start moving forward. They need to they need to cut these players off. So he's probably one of the first ones that, would, pro- that would have to go. Yeah, I think so. And I think if you really if United are getting serious about this whole rebuild, which is inevitable, they need to sort of start rebuilding their list. The players like your as as hard as it is to say, like your Lingards and your older type players, and especially the ones that have come through the academy. You know, Lingard's been there. I think, yeah, exactly. You know, Seventeen it's years. Not, and since the other thing is, it's, it's not like Lingard's been starved of opportunity either. No way. Not so, at all. You, but you do wonder if he would have benefited from being loaned out when he was younger. Well, he was. He was loaned out a fair bit. You know, he was loaned out to I think um, Derby. He was loaned out to uh, potentially. Uh, I can't remember. Maybe maybe Leicester. I'm not not quite sure. But you know, the man. Uh, the man, why he was on the pitch, him and Andreas Perea alone managed 59 touches, 32 completed passes between them, six fouls, three chances created, one dribble completed between them, one duel one out of a combined 10, one shot on target from four, zero crosses completed, and zero tackles. They're just list cloggers, really, at the moment, yeah. aren't they? And it just brings me on to someone who has the potential to be so much more than a list clogger, but 
in the environment he's in at the moment is Marcus Rashford, and he and just the whole attack of United at the moment and the the, the lack of goals they're finding. It's United at the moment. Rashford scored ten goals as a striker or their main attacking player. This year, you would have expected him to make the next step, I feel. You would have expected him to keep going. Mm-hmm. And you look at United teams of old and the strikers they've had, as in like... Cantona, Van, Van Persie. They're always good for at least a goal every two games. They were going to find the back of the yeah, net, at least, right? Yep. And since that Chelsea game, that 4-0 win, United have, haven't scored more than one goal in the following eight matches. Far out. Like, that, is, that is pretty grim. It's something that goes under the radar because you don't like... But they've scored... They haven't scored two goals since the opening round yeah. in a game. Ugh. And for a, for a club that is worth, as I said last week, a billion dollars, that is not good enough. And I don't see that changing anytime soon with the stock they have on hand at the moment. One, one guy that's probably worth close to a billion dollars in terms of... Uh, player money is Nicolas Pepe who came in for Arsenal uh, for about 70 million in the summer and honestly he he was pretty bad as well someone could some some were saying it was an absolute disaster class yeah. on the weekend weren't they some were, some people were already claiming that the trade's been a bust I mean you can't you can't call him that early he's already he scored one goal albeit it was a penalty but he <laughs> he has scored a goal and it, and Fun, fun fact, Thierry Henry didn't score for his first nine starts. So There you go. There you go. So give him a bit of time, Arsenal fans. I still think he's a talented player, <laughs> but yes, he was pretty woeful on the weekend. Yeah, zero shots created. Uh, sorry, zero chances created. One shot on target. One foul committed. Only one successful take on for someone that led the league in his first three appearances. And he lost possession 17 times, which yeah. was on average. That's pretty bad. Once every four minutes <laughs> yeah. he was on. That's Far out. If that's not grim, I don't know what is. It is. but And then you've got the other end of the spectrum, and the reason Arsenal are sort of hanging by the skin of their teeth is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Mm. He's a superstar, and it's really unfortunate that he's at a club like Arsenal who are struggling at the moment. Unfortunate he's at a club like Arsenal. <laughs> well, Gee, mate, that's pretty damning. It is damning. But look, he scored 14 goals out of his last 14 Premier League starts, and he's the first to do that in the first seven league games since De- Dennis Bergkamp in 97 and 98. So the man's got some serious talent and he's just being... He, right now, his, his goals are being used to get back in the game or draw rather than, you know, in a more sort of... Imagine putting him into a City lineup or a Liverpool lineup. They'd be winning by so much. He, he really looked like the only attacking shining light for them on the weekend. And you know Emery might not like it, but his Arsenal team needs... Like we said, Mesut Ozil will start almost every week. Because Emery, you can see in his post-match conferences, he's getting frustrated with the inconsistency of his, te- inconsistency of his team, which we have seen since opening, opening the opening round. But with that being said, Sammy, he's also leaving their probably most gifted creative player in the squad out of the squad in general. Like, yeah. the match, he's not even featured in the squad. It doesn't make sense. So, you know, Arsenal without Ozil is a, is a pretty trying watch. And like we saw on the weekend, you know, the square distribution and, you know, the pondering passes, and they just weren't hitting any effect. And it seemed like, you know, Emery just didn't, wasn't, wasn't having, he didn't have a grip on the game at all. No. It, and, and they're not even faking it. Ozil's gone. He has to be gone. He, well, yeah, that's the other thing. It's like, you're going to lose Ozil. Anyway, why not just play him? Like seriously, yeah. bro. Like, what he's, have you got to lose right now from playing Ozil? You need to. He's a he's a proven player. 
They need to win games. Play they have to win games. You li- as you said, they're literally running with Ganduzi, Sabellos, and Terreira and, ja- and, and, and Jaka. Jaka yeah. They're all defensively-minded midfielders. Mm. Ganduzi probably the most offensively-minded out of that, or the most creative. No wonder they're not getting a good connection between their back no, half. They, and their mid- they are completely spluttering. Completely spluttering. But with that being said, I reckon we should move on to a team that is very close to my heart. And that is Sheffield United, and they they lost one uh, nil to Liverpool in the opening game of the of the round. And I tuned in, and and Sammy, you you were pretty you were pretty uh, happy actually. You were laughing at, at my sort of dismay on the weekend, weren't you? Yeah, you were very um, sort of up Did, and about, and then it happened, and then it, it happened. Absolute roller coaster, <laughs> mate. Dean Henderson, what? are you doing the the low knee from man united has had a ripper season so far but far <laughs> I wonder is what a disgusting attempt at a save and for those who it was it was a very carious champions league final it, oh, areas. mate it was serious carious areas as much as i hate to say it it was oh, channeling some inner demons there from from young dean henderson but for those who didn't see it check it up chuck it uh, have a look on our insta we chucked it up on the weekend um, and you can see the dismay that Dean Henderson had knowing he cost his side the game, or cost his side the points. Yeah. And, you know, we've got the replay up there, but far out. That just tore my heart out. Goodness tore my though, heart out. It would have been a fantastic... How good would it have been for Sheffield to take two points off Liverpool and get oh, the draw? Mate, they could have won the game. Yeah. They could have won the game. Yeah. And I know I'm being optimistic as a Blades fan, but far out. They they had their chances. And, and before the game, you know, Blades manager Chris Wilder joked that the back five um, that they've been going with for the most of the season might have to turn into a back 10, uh, which hinted at an extremely sort of defensive structure for the game. And and that's essentially what they came out and delivered. But, you know, Liverpool came into the game undefeated and away from home in the rain, playing a team uh, with the joint second stingiest defense this season. They they had a challenge, not, not maybe the challenge that they would expect maybe in the Champions League, but a challenge nonetheless for, for a team that, uh, extremely defensive-minded and extremely well-drilled tactic-wise, you know, they, they had a bit of an ask about him, didn't they? Yeah, they did, absolutely. And it was interesting when uh, Chris, Chris Wilder was asked about, in his press in his press conference about his visa, consoled his goalkeeper and he comes out with, I haven't, I've told them it's a massive missed opportunity and I believe that. It's so blunt, so to the point, so old-fashioned and I think we don't get enough of that anymore in the modern game. Now, I think one of the reasons why... Sheffield looked so, I won't say potent in attack, but potent in defense was that they shut down the service they uh, that Liverpool could deliver to, to Bobby Firmino. And Klopp mentioned it as well in his um, post-match presser. But essentially what happened was, if he, if he didn't manage to catch the game, the two central defenders, uh, one would be sitting on the goal side of Firmino and a midfielder would be dropping deep when Liverpool had the ball so that they would essentially sandwich Firmino between the centre-half and the one of the central midfielders, which would um, dry up his the service that he was getting from Fabinho and Wijnaldum and those sort of guys, because you know Firmino has been a, very much so an architect and and one of those guys that they play the one twos and get into the box. But you know on the weekend Sheffield really shut that down. And all, all credit to Chris Wilder, he knows how to shut down these big teams. He's he might not have the personnel, but he has the tactics behind him. And uh, you know he gave he gave Sheffield every opportunity to to grab points as well. But if it wasn't for Leon Clark, Fleck, and Lundstrom, you know, sprays and not taking the opportunities, I really believe that the Sheffield could have could have copped the full three points on the weekend. And that's huge for them. 
Absolutely huge. That, that, that'll go, even though they didn't win, that'll be a big, big confidence boost for them going forward. Like, there's no bigger challenge in the Premier League than Liverpool. And for them to show up like that and play the way they did and restrict Liverpool from playing their own game in many ways, really, didn't they? Yeah, they did, mate. They, the Blades held Liverpool to zero shots on target yeah. at halftime. Yeah. And, and then is... Mane hit the crossbar and hit the post from five yards, um, missing an absolute sitter. But for a team that gave up 73% of, percent of possession... Sheffield, they they were so defensively organised. Stingy as. Yeah, and they still managed to crack 12 shots at Liverpool over the course of the game, which is a lot better than a lot of teams have done so far this season. Yeah, well, and we look at as we look at uh, Tottenham conceding 30 shots to to City, for instance. So it, exactly. just, it just shows that it was a, a really solid performance, even though possession would say that it might not have been. Yeah, you're completely right there, mate. And I think one of the biggest things is that we talk about the, the downside, I guess, for Sheffield and the potential they had to, to grab points from this game, which we, we know that they didn't. But on the flip side, Liverpool have come out of a very tough, gritty fixture with the full whack of points. Yeah. Now, they're currently undefeated. And I would say, and I think you would probably agree with me, that they believe they are undoubtedly invincible so far this season. They are, but that is also a dangerous mindset to be in. It is. Sammy, 16 wins on the trot. No, they're, 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 they're a phenomenal, te- phenomenal team. Quick fun fact. Bromwell Lane has become the 56th venue Liverpool have won at in the Premier League. At least four more than any other club in the competition, being United and Spurs with 52. The Reds have only failed to win at Nottingham Forest City Ground and Blackpool's Bloomfield Road. And we know those teams are probably not going to get back into the Premier League very for a long soon. Time. <laughs> so uh, it looks like they'll be winless at those grounds for a while to come. But another one, that's, Sam, a, good, that's a good start. Mate, I don't know. I was, pretty, I was pretty proud of that. It's, an, it's not really a start. start, it's more like an interesting fact. Yeah, well, it was my fun fact, but one interesting stat, I guess. <laughs> Liverpool have never lost a Premier League game that Fabinho has started. Now, for a guy, no, that's that, a good we, for a guy that we didn't select in our team of the month... That's a really good start. He, he seems a lot more pivotal than we probably thought so. Hey, Sammy. Yeah, well, I think it's easy to sort of... Overlo- Captain overlo- Hindsight. Overlook the... Yeah, absolutely, Captain <laughs> Hindsight. But it is, it is also easy to overlook players. I mean, you look at a Liverpool team, you probably don't point out Fabinho even though he's so solid because he is so solid all the time you know what I mean you look at the other players you look at their new players their their flashy players and at the same time you don't want to pick too many Liverpool players so it's easy to overlook these type of players when doing something like a team of the month but as you just said Captain Hindsight probably should have had him in there <laughs> yeah look I, nothing against Tillmans because I, I think we we selected him as our defensive midfielder but Gee whiz, Fabinho has been very strong. He's been a revelation for them yeah. since coming from to Mo- from Monaco, I believe. Yeah, well, but he was no slouch at Monaco. You know, slotted well, in defence. That's why he earned his spot at yeah, Liverpool, mate. Exactly. <laughs> he's, he's he's tearing the league a new one. He's in a Liverpool well. team that is actually tearing the league a new one. He's also it, him and Firmino on FIFA. They're they're perfect link. Tear lots of people a new one. <laughs> Mate, chill out. I mean, in FIFA 19, they did. So I'm assuming it's the same deal in FIFA 20, but it might not be. I wouldn't know. I don't play no, the game. No, you would know because you've been asking me nonstop about the game. I have. You know, you know, you want to play. I don't want to play it. You do want to. I play don't it. want to play it. Wait, but, so if I got you the game for Christmas, would you play? I'd give it back to you. BS. I would. BS. Or I'd give it to my brother, and I wouldn't play it. I'd tell you. Your brother's already got it. No, he doesn't. Doesn't he use Game Share? No, mate. We, mate. My Xbox One has been unplugged. All I do now is play the Xbox 360, play Guitar Hero. Gee whiz. Sad, sad unit, boys. It's good. I love it. 
It's fun. Uh, you know what? I honestly reckon this podcast might become a one-man show soon with Damon seriously out in the fall with his girlfriend in, in Bali and you probably addicted to uh, Guitar Hero now. Damon, I honestly Damon. reckon this, this might be a one-man show. I'm not addicted to Guitar Hero. Mate, that's the good thing about Guitar Hero. You can't get addicted to it. Are Is you it- kidding me? You can't. You, how can you see? Probably said the same about FIFA before you. No, got because FIFA is like an online competition. Like Guitar Hero is just like you go on and you play a couple of songs and you get off. No, it's just I, fun. No, Guitar Hero, Guitar Hero Four is the best world yeah. tour. Let's head on to our third game of the round uh, that that we want to talk about, and that is Leicester absolutely pumping Newcastle five 0 Yeah, well, that's just you don't see that often from a from not sort of a recognised big six club pumping a. a, a a little but team, they but are a big six club now, aren't they, Sammy? Oh yes, they are. That's what I was about to say. I was Ooh. about to say, well, Leicester have differentiated themselves from the rest of the pack. Huge differentiation, massive differentiation. <laughs> uh, so, Ayo, Ayo, Jose Perez played his first game against his old side. You know, copped a fair few jeers as well from the fans. Um, but Newcastle were the only team that had beaten a Brendan Rodgers Leicester at the King Power Stadium, which is a bit of a fun fact. And realistically, for the game, they're, they're probably there wasn't that much to analyze from a surface point of view because at the end of the day, Newcastle received a red card. We're already 1-0 down and conceded another four It was more. a dirty red card as well. It was very... It was disgusting it was, red card. It was pretty... Um, Man, it was almost a knee-high yeah, challenge. And was, I'll tell you what, if he wasn't wearing shin guards, yeah, I reckon he would have broken his Yeah, leg. it was pretty... It was pretty I was, yeah. Wow. Mate, he was, he was down for five minutes. Uh, the Vardy party's back, I'm just saying. Had, had it ever left? No, but uh, he just scored, <laughs> he scored a couple more goals. Yeah, so. he, scored, he scored another brace. <laughs> he's, he's taken his tally up to five so far this season. And with that, he has overtaken Cristiano Ronaldo for the most amount of Premier League goals so far this season. No, wait, no, in total, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say. No, the most amount of Premier League goals over the course of his career. Or how many games has Vardy right. played, though? Uh, well, he's played four seasons now. So it'd be like 124-ish games. In the Premier League? Yeah. That's a fantastic return, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's amazing. Considering that they came into the league in, what, 2012-13 or 13-14 season. Mate, he has had three 20-plus goal seasons. He's he's tearing him. He's he's loving his time in the Premier League. He doesn't... It's so strange how players like Vardy can score 20-plus goals a game, yet people still... A game. I mean, A a, a season. People still don't consider them to be like world class because they're not as flashy or as good on the ball, but they're just clinic. You're so clinical, yeah. Well, around he, goal, he's he's completely class, uh, young Jamie Vardy. But with that being said, you know Jimmy Madison was out. Prayet took uh, took uh, an injured James Madison's place in the Foxes. I thought it was Jimmy Madison. All right, Jimmy Madison, <laughs> and he looked to replace the creativity and attacking threat that James Madison brought. Can confirm that he will be back for the next game. It was just a minor knock. They didn't want to risk him, uh, risk him. But imagine how messy this game would have been if James Madison was playing. I can see it probably being a record scoreline almost. I think uh, had that red card taken place as well. Yep, looked really ugly. Could have been another a, a nine nil sort of ten nil sort of game. I reckon would have futsal sort of numbers. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Which but we love. We love futsal. We do. We do. Um, when you and- let me play. Pardon? When you let me play. You're retired, mate. I am retired. You are retired. You're retired on your six goals, and I think you can take that take Going that out on top. with you. To be fair, I played well. Actually, no. I, reti- I played last a couple of weeks ago. I was all right. I played, def- I played defense. What, for, for us? Yeah, a couple of weeks was ago. Was I playing? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. You would have been irrelevant. I was good. I saved <laughs> I was all right. 
Mate, are you are like Newcastle on the weekend. Tactic, tactically, completely ragged. Mate, you have you had no clue what you were doing, right? No, I actually don't. It's actually a really strange thing. It took me a long time before I figured out where I had to be on a futsal thing. Well, it's, it probably, just, it's probably because it's such a fast-paced game. Yeah, but it just looks so easy when you're watching. And then you get on not. there and you don't really know. But it's pretty simple. You pick it up pretty easily oh. when you're as good as me at sport. Uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah, Newcastle tactically looked pretty ragged on the weekend. Um, and I guess whatever game plan that Brucey was was putting in Brucey. Um, you know, on the on the training ground was was nowhere near executed in the game. And again, the Maggies just didn't do the basics right without the ball. And where was the structure and solidity that made them so hard to beat under Rafa Benitez. And Sammy, you talked about Rafa Benitez in, in the summer or in, in the um, off-season. Yep. But, you know, he was probably a bigger loss than Perez and Rondon for them. I think I think he was, definitely, because the ability for a manager... I think managers, I don't know if they're underrated, but they have such an impact on how much you can get out of a list. Yep. Uh, it's hard to describe. So it's like Perez and... I forgot the names escaped me of the other person. Rondon. And Rondon probably aren't world-class players, but because they get put into a system where they know how to play, they know what they're around, you get the best out of them. And that's what the great managers do. And that's what Rogers is doing at Leicester And that's well. exactly what Rogers is doing at Leicester. And it's what um, Wolves coach, forgot his name. Real Santo. Santo got out of them last year. Yeah, which we, which we will talk about a little bit as well. Yeah. So I think losing Benitez was huge for them. I don't think Bruce is even close to the same quality as Benitez was. And I think that Newcastle is starting to see the cracks unfold a little bit more. Yeah, 100%. And and one player that uh, is is completely reaping the benefits of Brendan Rodgers at Leicester is the right-back, Ricardo Pereira. And I don't know if you've seen our Insta so far. He, Great goal. mate, what a, what a cracker of a goal. Great you goal. know, made the run from, from beyond halfway and put a peach past the, the keeper. You know, he's now scored in back-to-back Premier League games for the first time, netting as many goals in his last two appearances as he had in his first 40 games in the Premier League. So um, fancy that. And I guess one other thing that is is of note of this game is we see Leicester have extremely potent attacking threats. And with James Madison out, it's only going to get deadlier. But on the flip side, on the other side of the coin, is that lack of intent and lack of ability to even get in scoring positions from Newcastle. And if if we look at the stats for the game, they didn't manage a single corner for those for the for that 90 minutes and the three shots that they had, not one was on target. Yeah. Now Sammy, what what do you reckon is the issue there? Other than what we've already talked about, can you see something happening across the attacking line perhaps with Joe Linton? No, especially given they've literally averaged 33% possession for the whole season so far, which is an absolute debacle. And it's, it's so dark. They're putting up putting up serious relegation numbers there. And to even to add salt into the wound, they've only scored four goals for the entire season. And if they keep that up, they're on track to have their lowest scoring season in the Premier League since QPR in 2011-12, when they literally only had 21 goals for the year. Far out. It's just, it's a debacle. Mate, I tell you what, it's looking even worse with John Joe Shelby having having uh, suffered a, a hamstring injury. I believe it was a grade two hamstring injury against Brighton. They've got some lack of numbers in the middle of the park ahead of 
United's visit on the weekend. And I, I can see United really wanting to have to, to prove a point against these guys, especially coming off the draws that they've had and with Liverpool in two weeks as yep. well after the international break. Yep. Mate, they're going to want to put this Newcastle side away. Well, that's, yeah, absolutely. They're going to want to do that. United need it so badly as well for yeah. their own fans. So it could be a, a bit of a massacre. Yeah. Another thing about United, they sit 10th on the table right now. Yeah. They are more points away from first than they've scored already this season. I think that, that really says enough. That says, it says it enough, says doesn't enough. it? Yeah. It does, doesn't even need explanation. No. Doesn't even need it. But I think one the, the team that's looking to take their spot in the top six is no doubt... The, the Foxes. Te- the Foxes. Mate, it has they're, not e- the Foxes. they're not even looking to take the top in the, their, their spot in the top six. They're going to take Tottenham's spot in the top three the way they're going. Oh, mate. They are absolutely on fire. And, and just, look, the other thing is Arsenal sit fourth right now. Are they a top four side? No. 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 Not, nowhere near it. So I think you, you and Damon were bang on earlier on in this uh, season where you said that this is the most vulnerable the top six has ever looked. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I think we need to stop referring to them as the top six. I think we should just talk to them, like speak about them as Premier League teams. Premier League teams. <laughs> like, genuinely. Not, no longer are they the big six. But we, lo- we love that though. We yeah. don't want that anymore. We want no. that. We, I, I think an even competition is just 10 times better than having the same six clubs up and about every year. Yeah, hopefully we can see Leicester get near the top again. And you know what? That man, Brendan Rodgers, is working wonders at the Foxes. And Very since good. his first game in charge in March, they have won 31 points in the Premier League. Only Liverpool and City have picked up more in this period. That's, 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 a, that's Mate, fantastic. And in this time, yeah. he is unlocking the Pandora's box <laughs> that is Jamie Vardy's left foot. Yeah, and he, he's noggin. He has netted. 14 times in 17 appearances. Don't forget his head. He's got a good head as well. I know he's got... You know, Yeah, he has good. Yeah, he has got a good head. He's good at heading the ball. Yeah. Yeah, I saw him header a couple of them. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Woody... Jamie Vardy is good. Let's move I, on I, from Let's yeah. move on from the match talk. I think it's time for you to do your winners and losers. Winners and losers. <laughs> Jump straight into it. Sammy, who is your first winner of the round? So my first winner of the round is the Wolverhampton Wanderers. So it, it was the war of the winless with this with the weak Wolves and woeful Watford battling it out this week. Oh, I want a tongue twister. <laughs> I want an absolute tongue twister I've got in front of me here. Despite Watford dominating possession that with 61% and shots having 14 compared to 6, the Wolves come away with the win, leaving Watford the only team yet to register a win still. Fine, so uh, yeah. Wolves have already played 15 games through all comps this season and have had to travel to Istanbul to take and have to travel to Istanbul to take on Besiktas for the Europa League. So it's a good effort from the Wolves. They've played a lot more games than the, than the like Watford, for example, this yeah. year. So they're holding up all right. And Fire out. It's so grim for Watford. It's looking dark, mate. It's very dark. dark. We were talking about bloody Newcastle looking dark. What the hell, Watford? Well, they've scored the same amount of goals. Yeah, it's, they gone, I reckon they've gone under the radar a bit because there's mate. a lot less publicity oh, about them I like, pre-season. I feel, like, I feel like a fool. Because Damon and I have picked the Wolves to finish in top six. Finish sixth place, take Chelsea's spot. Yeah, you guys suck. Mate. Actually, no, didn't Damon have the Foxes or did you have the Foxes? You didn't both have the Wolves. Maybe, it was, maybe he had the Foxes. He I had, had the, the Foxes because he he's the big Leicester man. Yeah, well, he is. He is. Mate, I have to change mine to, to Sheffield finish fourth. I think so. <laughs> and Timo Pukki for the Ballon d'Or. 
That's a given. It's not even a prediction. It's going to happen. It's not even a prediction. It's all right. They're out of the relegation zone, Norwich. We're happy about that. They are. They are. They're safe. They're safe. Uh, So my winner of the week is West Ham and one man, Andre Yamalenko. Ah, who's a favourite of yours in FIFA a few years back as well, wasn't he? He was, but then turned out to be an absolute bust when I realised he had a two-star two weak foot. <laughs> uh, so despite a two-all draw with Bournemouth on the weekend, West Ham currently sit fifth in the league and undefeated since their 5-0 loss on opening weekend to City. It was looking so dire for them after that as well. It because was. everyone was like, oh no, what's everyone West Ham thought, doing? Everyone they're, thought it they're was... Done. You know, Look at crack the, the glass in cage of emergency. And oh. that, that, that battle axe was Andre Yamalenko, yeah. wasn't he? They've done so well to get that back together. Felipe Anderson, quality player. Quality. Haller, jet. Haller is a jet. jet. He is a jet. Yeah, mate, his hold-up play is, is, is next to none in the league so far this season. And that man, Yamalenko, the big Balkan, uh, has been finding the back of the net, scoring for the second week in a row, as he did against United last week. And now he scored three goals in his last last four games for West Ham. He only had scored twice in his first 11 games for the club before this. And I'll tell you what, this Hammers team, even though they are not right there, right up there in terms of goals scored in the league, they are firing offensively compared to what they have in previous seasons. And, and that's something we haven't seen for a few years now. Yeah, good winner. Yeah, cheers, man. That's Thanks. Right. So, uh, Sammy... Who is your loser of the week? So although they're not winning the league, my loser of the week is anyone that plays Manchester City. And the reason for that is they've already scored 27 goals across seven games this season. That's mental. Which is ridiculous when you're comparing that to some of the teams that we're saying they've scored four. They've scored 33 in nine games across all the competitions. They have nine more goals than the next best, which is Liverpool. They have a goal difference of 20 already. Two more goals than the bottom four teams combined. Far out. Kevin De Bruyne has eight assists for the season, and Aguero literally scores, has got eight goals as well. He just scores for fun these days. And they have four players this season that average at least a goal or an assist per appearance. Mares, Sterling, Jesus, and Aguero. Yeah. And if you're playing them, you're going to get bummed. Absolutely. <laughs> Bent over and shown the 50 states. Absolutely. It's just... <laughs> Mate, that's some crazy good stats there from you. That's, yeah. That's, wh- well, you know, I our producer helped me. Yeah. He got them. He does the research for me. Yeah. It's uh, it's 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 got Statman ri- written all it's over got it. Statman there. written all over. Right, Woody, who's yours? I heard this is going to be an interesting one. Mate, I I could not express more disappointment. And Sammy, I'm going to turn your mic off here because you're going to turn my mic off. I'm, I'm turning I'm turning your mic off here because honestly, <laughs> this. Uh, I'll just mute myself. Yeah, this this here is has to, hands down loser of the season. Doesn't even warrant a whip. I think we'll put some violin. We'll put some violin on this, okay? Because this, uh, honestly, and, and I've, I've done. I've crunched the stats during the week. I, I, I've put my head down into my screen, had had my printed off notes, and I could not produce. A more sorrow loser for the season, and honestly, Sammy and I sitting here, we are so disappointed, so disappointed. And the loser of the week, and the loser of the season, and and probably will not be dethroned for this title for the rest of the year, and the rest of the thirty-eight games, is one man, our third amigo, who has, we call him our El Presidente. <laughs> he has legged it. Legged it 
to some foreign Asian country with the girlfriend for some bloody R&R. And that man is Damon Brudakis. Oh, mate, my profanity is about... I'm about to hit the roof here. I'm boiling. Boiling. This is beyond whippable. Beyond whippable. The man has missed 40% of all our podcasts so far. Sam and I, we thought we were a three-tier system. A perfect three-circle Venn diagram. Bullshit! No! We are a two-pillar system. And Damon is the cherry on top whenever he wants to be. This is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Now, statistically, the man has produced 403 ums in six episodes he's been a part of. It is fair to say he's no longer needed. And for what we care, he can stay in Bali all he wants. He has dogged us, dogged us very harshly. I'm so annoyed. And it seems like the feedback that we get from the wider audiences and from our listeners and from our prestige international audiences that they only want to hear Sam and Woody in their precious eardrums. It's got a nice ring to it, Sam and Woody. It does. And we'll cue this up of the violin there because, gee whiz, Sammy, my blood is boiling, isn't it? Stop <laughs> it, me now. It Stop is. Me now. It is. You actually are quite angry about oh, that. I'll tell you what. I, I, I've got a surprise segment for us today because I want to move on. I want to move on. Do you have a surprise segment? I do. And I'm going to bring it up with you right now because... It's hit me on the spot. Actually. I actually don't know. Oh, that's why I don't know. That's why I don't know <laughs> no, about I d- it. I did think about this earlier, and okay. I want to talk about this. We 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 did a segment earlier on about how we fell in love in football, but we know how we're in love with football now. We we all know. Yeah. We all know. We know. And I want to ask you a question, Sam. Go on. Two part question. Who would you be if you're a professional football player in the world? Who would you be of one? An active player, and two, who would you be of a retired player? Active player? Active player first. Mm. You see, do the. And you can't, I reckon, don't take the easy one with Messi or Ronaldo. No, I wasn't going to say that. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Mm. Okay, yep, yep. Fair because, enough. I I tell you, because, because Zlatan is my boy. Uh, he's, a, he's just dope. He's yep. so cool. He's pretty cool. And even though he's well and truly past his prime, he's still so cool. Anyway, yeah. and my retire, David Beckham, mm-hmm. without a doubt. You stole mine. You yeah, stole well, mine. obviously, because David Beckham is... Just, he's a sexy man. He's just he's a cool a, dude. And I'll tell you, both those fellas, they have some of the most unreal tattoos. Of ever, like, I, I don't... No, I reckon Beckham's tattoos suck. They do. They, they suck, but they're... They're Beckham's tattoos. They're Beckham's tattoos. Yeah. They are... You can't beat Beckham's tattoos. Yeah, how's the man man love going on here? Oh, unreal. <laughs> And and we we go on about the the the, right, well, the women's the women's football, but to be honest, we know nothing about it. <laughs> and no discredit to them, we just don't get enough media exposure. So, you know what? It's it's just unfortunate, but that that's the way it is, isn't it? It is that that is actually tangent because because you I stole yours and David Beckham. Yep. Who would be your great? Who who would you be if you could be any retired sports person in the world? <sighs> Mm. Don't say Michael Jordan. I won't say Michael Jordan. I I would go uh, the great maybe maybe Shaquille O'Neal or something like Shaq. I think he's a pretty funny sort of bloke. I love I love watching him on um in uh, NBA Inside on TNT. He's so uh, he's so funny and absolute unit as well. Oh, actually no, screw that. I'd be Kobe Bryant. I'd be Kobe Bryant, hundred percent. 
that man is a co- stone cold killer and he's doing some serious things on the outside with his member academy um nurturing young growth and he also does a lot of charity work as well i think he's he's uh a great sportsman on and off the pitch well, i'm glad we got past carlos Senna. <laughs> Well, who would you be, Sammy? Anyone? I, any, any cup playing or non-playing? Because um, I can give you a playing. What? No, I, I, I want. No, I, wanna, I know you go who? Lewis Hamilton. No, no, no. Who? I don't think I would. Well, if, let's I, keep let's keep it to football. Keep it to football. I reckon. Okay. Right? Yeah. I can keep it to I can keep it to football. I can't keep it to maybe soccer football. No, that's not how. This, this oh, not, but is this it? is a good one. All right, go. Tom Brady. Yeah, fair, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he's a baller. Yeah, he's a baller. <laughs> yeah, he's six chips. Yeah, you know, mate, he's got the word. Giselle, his feet. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely such a bob. Anyway, I reckon that is uh, pretty much all we've got time for today. You can catch us on Twitter, Twitter at EPL Nightclub, and on Insta at Premier League Nightclub. Thank you so much for joining in, uh, and Damon, if you're listening to this, stay in Bali. <laughs> Please do not come back. Yeah, I agree. All right. See you guys. See you guys.